0: wellnesscoach.com streaming wellness into your life welcome to wellness women radio for the women with big dreams who dare to be different and who want to thrive in health work and play dr ashley bond and dr andrea huddleston bring you a weekly podcast to help you master true health and create an exceptional life
1: welcome to this week's episode of wellness women radio i'm andrea and i'm ashley and ladies, today we're talking about a really interesting topic that kind of went off on the social media world. Um, last week, we posted a few clips of some things about um, skin conditions such as eczema and psoriasis that everybody loved, that was really topical at the time. And we thought we absolutely need to dive deeper into this. And when I mean dive deeper, we really need to look at what causes these skin conditions because they don't just happen on on their own and we absolutely need to look at an inside out approach to this and what our internal health is like that's then affecting our skin. And I know if you've been a a regular listener to our show for a while, you would have already heard the skin episode that we did. You would have heard us talk about how the skin is contiguous with our gut, how our gut health absolutely influences our skin and that it is our largest organ. It's a protective barrier and it's absolutely a a perfect, uh, almost mirror or example of our external condition is giving us a really good picture of what our internal environment like, is like or what our gut health is actually like as well. And today we're going to teach you why that is. Um, so Ash, I'm, I'm going to head over to you. Why is this such a big topic?
0: Well, we see say- it often with our ladies we look after. And it's so common to have women having problems with skin, itchy, uh, red, sometimes oozing. It can be so debilitating. It can, you know, really struggle with sleep, struggling with feeling comfortable in our clothing because the clothing obviously contacting the, the itchy or the inflamed areas of skin. And just how much that affects quality of life, but also some confidence issues there as well because really heavy, itchy, swollen, eczema ridden skin can make women feel very self-conscious wanting to cover up more and particularly when we come into times like summer when a lot more skin's on the show, um, it can really affect our, I guess, self-confidence as you go out in public and go about your day because a lot of people still don't understand what eczema is and they sometimes get this feeling like people think they're contagious and that was mm. a really interesting conversation I had with someone that said it's awful because some people are not sure whether to touch you or shake your hand or they're looking and even though They they know it's eczema, but the other people don't know it's eczema, and they're wondering whether it's some sort of contagious skin condition that you shouldn't actually touch them. And not to mention intimacy. Women who are struggling with a really terrible flare-up are going to struggle a lot with intimacy, contact, cuddles, and, and that's really awful because we're such intimate creatures. Yeah, it's so sad. I always feel so empathetic for my
1: patients who do have some of these skin conditions, particularly eczema, because it can be that debilitating and it can crack and bleed as well. And the pain um, that they go through is just, you know, horrific. And especially for kids as well, when they're scratching all through the night, it keeps them awake at night. Um, they might have a particular flare-up behind, say, the, the folds of the knees or in the elbows. Um, every time they move it it creates cracks and breaks through the
0: the crust of the eczema as well Um, and it's just awful for them. And it's traumatic as a parent as well seeing a young child and even a baby. We're seeing a lot more allergies and skin conditions in young children right from birth and I've seen children that are just covered head to toe in itchy inflamed skin and parents are, are really distressed because it is so painful for that child and the parents feel helpless. They can't do anything about it and of course look the most important thing first is to go and get checked by your doctors and skin specialists but often what happens there is that parents or yourself maybe you are suffering with eczema you're given a corticosteroid cream or a solution or or an ointment or some other sort of uh, lotion to try and calm things down. Down And today we really want to dive into the idea that there is root cause behind the condition. And these, yeah. these creams and these topical lotions that you put onto the skin, such as barrier creams, are great for calming flare-ups down, but they're not actually addressing the underlying cause and therefore not helping the healing process in the long term. Yeah, exactly. And
1: one thing that people get very hung up on is the diagnosis. So if they are given a diagnosis of eczema or psoriasis or dermatitis, they think that, okay, that's just a presentation. This is what I have to live with for the rest of my life now. Not remembering that this is a symptom. It's a symptom of some sort of dysfunction within the system that is not normal However common it is, it is absolutely not normal and it is very possible to change. And we see this all the time. Um, And dermatitis in itself is just all that means is just this inflammation of the dermal layer of the skin. That's all that means. Um, It's not particularly a disease process. It's not um, an affliction that you need to have the rest of your life as are any of these conditions, if you can figure out what the actual root cause or the trigger is for you. Um, and if you if you watch the video that we posted on our Facebook page, particularly the Channel 7 summary, um, you know, labeled, you know, breakthroughs in eczema research. And at the end of it, it was saying um, some things about, oh, yes, it showed some foods that were reactants to particularly to eczema. So there was a, a, a dirty dozen or something like that they're saying avoid these foods and they showed this poor girl who has had horrific eczema who yes has been able to heal herself through diet which is fantastic but they showed her making smoothies with soy milk um, and with what looks like a protein powder and then at the end of the video they were saying but it's now too early for us you know science to assume that food is the answer to these you know conditions like come on what idiots i cannot believe that they're still saying this that Food is not the answer and they just don't have enough conclusive evidence to really show that yet. But we know that the skin is just an organ that is reflective of the gut and the bowel. So it's absolutely impacted by the foods that we eat. And there's no amount of soy milk or protein powder that, <laughs> that is going to help that or fix that Um absolutely foods are so, so important, but you've got to be careful. And there's all sorts of different wonder diets out there. Um, and they're for certain reasons. So we're going to break some of this down today, because one thing that I really didn't like on the video was that it showed things like dark leafy green vegetables and broccoli can be quite reactant for these people. Um, and there's, there's usually a very good reason for that. And it's not that those vegetables or those products are a problem, it's usually the chemical residue on them that is the issue. It's usually the pesticides, the herbicides, the things that they're grown with that people react to, not spinach and not broccoli itself. Those are actually being shown to be very healing for the gut, very detoxifying for the liver as well, and important for women's
0: health too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of women are wondering, well, how do you get it? Why Why do I, Why did I end up with eczema? Why am I the unlucky devil woman that's got this terrible affliction and yeah. why can't I seem to deal with it? Or why are my children suffering? And I think one of the key factors here is we've got to sort of understand a little bit about wh- how we develop what we call the microbiome. Um, there's the gut microbiome in particular, which is the important balance of literally a thousand different flora within the gut, but the skin itself is covered in bacteria bacteria and bugs, which are symbiotic with the human body. Many, they work and live in harmony with us and they help us. And- yes yeah, exactly. The skin has its own
1: ecosystem. So there's bacteria, fungus, viruses, mites, and even archaea on our skin that, like approximately there's about 1 billion microbes per square centimeter on our skin. Now, if you're a germaphobe, that's going to sound pretty horrific to too. <laughs> um, but remember that that's there all the time. And like you said, Ash, it is that symbiosis. It's there for a reason. It has a protective um, mechanism. It's part of our immune system as well. I think people tend to forget that this physical barrier that we have on the outside of our body is actually immune
0: protective as well. And absolutely, in the last 30 years, there's been a tripling of cases of eczema or atomic dermatitis, and it clearly indicates a underlying cause. And a big suspicion and a lot of studies are showing that a big part of that cause is environmental, mm-hmm. our changing biology and ecology. And that's super interesting because some of that we actually do have control over. Um, but many of us have been led to believe that's not the case, which is why we need the the pills, the potions and the lotions, because it's thought that we we can't fix this. However, we know that if you can heal that gut, you can heal your skin as well. And we're going to talk today about this eco-living I guess we call an ecosystem living on your skin and why you get that flare-up. And the flare-up really happens when there's imbalances, when Mm -hmm. certain microbes are either abundant, there's too many of them, so the ratios are out of balance, or there's not enough of some which are more protective and so the I guess the more abundant ones take over and that's when you get these imbalances and and irritations and inflammation. And, of course, your skin is an immune organ, so it reacts and reacts responds to any potential threat. And that includes imbalances in the microbiome. Yeah,
1: exactly. And if you think back to the beginning, when we first have that exposure to, you know, the bugs in our skin, and so not surprisingly, the the skin microbiota that we have exposure to comes from birth. So, and the birthing practices will certainly determine what kind of exposure that we have. So, natural vaginal delivery will typically inoculate our skin um, with, like, many, many, many um, lactobacillus species from you know our mum's vaginal flora, uh, which is very, very protective. This is something that we're supposed to have on the outside of our skin, and that's when the colonization of these bugs usually start. Whereas, if we're born with, you know, via C-section, especially. very sterile environments it tends to be a little bit different and then it continues when we're kids and uh we've sort of gone through this age where we're much more resistant to kids playing outside in the mud and the sand and getting filthy and dirty and eating you know whatever it might be that, that's on the floor out there um, and we've become much more obsessed with personal hygiene and with antibacterial uh, and antifungal, viral sprays gels you know, topical things, you know, everything in every, um, you know, commercial bathroom is completely antibacterial. Um, And I'm wondering if that is really changing our current
0: microbiota. Well, you don't have to wonder because there's actually something that's presented that's been called the hygiene hypothesis. And this is really interesting because it's a study that was done that talked about the increasing incidence of allergic and autoimmune diseases with the decreasing incidence of infections in the Western world. And that's really interesting because our hygiene has allowed us to reduce some seriously nasty bugs. But what's also happened is we've actually damaged some of our microbiome, our natural flora, and that's connected to this increasing incidence in both autoimmune and allergic diseases. And so they've studied this across the globe, actually. They've done it in uh, Northern Europe and Africa. And to know that things like, for example, in Australia, the 15% uh, developing asthma. That's a huge statistic. And so they're trying to ask the question, well, why would this be? Why is it we're not suffering severe diseases like we used to, but we are suffering more allergies and immune concerns? And really it comes back down to this idea that for we're starting to do what you just said, washing our hands more, preventing spread of bacteria, but also by that direct contact either through detols and things that are antibacterial, we're removing off our own skin the very important bugs that need to be there to protect us from the environmental stress of the world. That's I think that's really fascinating. So the key to this is that if you damage your gut bugs and your skin flora right from the outset, even as a child, let's just say uh, for some women, unfortunately, they can't breastfeed, but that's a very important transfer, continuing transfer of uh, good immune-boosting, immune-building bugs, Uh, then unfortunately, there's again another gap there. So some children really get a rough start to life because they start with a C-section, they're handled by other people. And that's one point that I wanted to bring up was there's really interesting science showing how our skin flora is determined by some of the contact we have yeah so right from the outset if uh for example you're born by c-section other people handle you in the early stages of that uh, delivery process and then you have maybe siblings in you know in your face when you're a brand new child then you're actually getting bugs from other people and that is colonizing your skin that is building your immune system Wow, how fascinating. So really it does matter in the beginning who is around you because they're in part responsible for the uh the 90% of your body that gets built because we're only 10% human cells. The rest yeah, that's, that's the a really rest scary is, thought yeah. isn't it and isn't it fascinating watching what people
1: will do with a newborn or you know an infant they will um what's their natural maternal instinct it's to smother with them with kisses right it, and it's that innate instinct where not just the mother but anyone who is sort of close to them or that holds the babies they want to bring them in snuggle them in close and they'll like plant kisses all over their face and then the mother is then Essentially tasting her environment. She's building an immunity to building antibodies to whatever is in that environment. She's then making that through her breast milk to then and it has this you know symbiotic relationship with the baby as well, from just that process, from picking up what's on the skin, then creating whatever the baby needs via the breast milk and all sorts of other avenues as well. It's incredible how the immune system works and how innately that's how we're driven
0: for a lot of us, we're still wanting to know, well, what can we do about this? Because I'm hoping that you're listening and you're starting to hear more and more about Importance of the gut health, importance of the microbiome. Um, most people are really aware of this because the increasing use and purchase of probiotics would indicate people are starting to listen or starting to understand a bit more. But then, how, how do you know which probiotic? You know, how do you know which one is the right one for you? Do you need all of them? Do you need some of them? And the answer there is really hard because this is why it is good to speak to, you know, skin specialists and people who deal with allergies and sensitivities because then they can actually identify some of the key triggers. And we'll talk more about some triggers right now because it's good to ask the question, well, what is it in your food diet lifestyle that's causing these flare ups and can you remove them? long enough to heal the underlying gut concern before it's possible some people can actually reintroduce them and that's Mm -hmm. that's important too because some people feel as though that once they're allergic or sensitive to something they'll have to eliminate that for the rest of their life and the truth is that's not always the case for some people there's true allergy and they'll never be able to reintroduce it but for most people it's sensitivity meaning that if you can remove it heal the gut restore the normal gut flora and then gently reintroduce it. Interestingly, you no longer have a problem with that.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's look at what some of the biggest, um, uh, triggers or the nasties are that, um, stimulate some of these reactions. So especially, and and, you know, and it's interesting that there's a bit of a crossover with eczema and psoriasis and dermatitis, a lot of the nasties seem to be all the same. And I think there's a very good reason for this. And certainly number one on the list, unsurprisingly is gluten. And, We know absolutely conclusively that gluten is one of the biggest triggers for autoimmune conditions, which psoriasis certainly fits into. Um, It's one of the biggest disruptors of our gut flora. It's very pro-inflammatory. It's one of the biggest causes of leaky gut syndrome or more permeability within our gut. Um, So anything that's going to have that kind of effect on our gastrointestinal system, remember, is going to be reflected on our skin as well
0: absolutely and then of course the second biggest after that no surprises again is cow's milk and dairy products yeah definitely and again for the same reasons inflammatory they promote a a concern called leaky gut because large proteins can pass through and uh, move into the bloodstream which causes incredible amounts of inflammation and irritation because your body mounts immune responses to try and deal with this foreign particle that is traveling within your bloodstream. And that's, again, going to cause things and changes in regards to the skin as well because it, it drops your barriers. Your body's so mm-hmm. so hardworking trying to deal with all this inflammation that the skin barrier is uh, is also going to flare up in response to that. So it's just not only things like cow's milk, but it can be yogurts and butters and cheeses. And sadly, that causes such a problem for a lot of people and yet they've never thought to eliminate dairy. Um, And that's one of the big ones. Especially for any of my patients with eczema, one of the very first things
1: I do is actually just get them off dairy. And you'd be surprised how quickly um, their system responds, how quickly the skin turns over and their changes are you know, no, I know it sounds ridiculous, but their changes are nothing short of miraculous because they've been inflicted with this for so long, and something as simple as changing the diet can impact things so much. It can take a little while to get your head around because we're so enculturated to think that our oh, food has nothing to do with it. <laughs> we're now we're having this shift where we know that the microbiome, our gut health is so, so important to, or is, you know, one of the most important factors into our overall health. And that's why it's so popular in, you know, current scientific literature in mainstream media,
0: and certainly in alternative health practices as well. And I think uh, if people have been doing a bit of research on this, they'll come across a couple of other things. So the gluten, the dairy are the big ones, of course. You'll also see something called salicylate sensitivity. Mm -hmm. And this is probably one of the most common sensitivities with a vast majority of people who suffer with eczema suffer salicylate sensitivity. And what salicylates are, they're a natural pesticide made by fruits and vegetables. And strangely enough, you can actually find it in some herbal teas as well and not even realise that uh, that healthy detoxifying herbal tea you're having could actually be flaring up uh, your body from the inside out. So it's it's really tricky, but it's going to require a little bit of homework, a little bit of understanding of of where the high sources of salicylates come from. And on top of that as well, something called amines. And again, Again, these amine uh, rich foods can really irritate and inflame the body, uh, which has already got its defense systems down. And I think that's the key here. For the healthy individual, these foods I um, definitely do not recommend you avoid them. Uh, mm-hmm. It's important to be introducing and, and having variety and diversity in your food groups and in, in the foods you take in and, and eat and consume because those gentle challenges allow your body to change and evolve. And this is what the microbiota does. It changes and evolves from the day we're born to where we are now. It's constantly adapting and changing, uh, increasing you know numbers of certain bacteria to deal with certain environmental triggers, decreasing others. And it's this beautiful ecology, almost like this, uh, I guess, yeah, a perfect rainforest ecosystem where things come and go and move around and a bit like the birds in the trees you know eat the, the fruits drop the seeds seeds land on the ground there's bugs back to this is happening inside us as well and if we don't acknowledge that then we really miss the mark on on how to help cure this so certainly salicylates and amines in people who are sensitive or have skin reactive conditions you really need to know what they are and you need to learn more about them.
1: And Ash, I think that
0: the problem with that is that
1: I think there's already an underlying condition going on that creates that sensitivity to those things. 100%. I I don't think it's the salicylates or the amines exclusively because if it was, then we would all be sensitive
0: to them. Yeah. Every single person would have the same reactive problems. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And there's a few other things that can be triggers like, you know, we've listed the leafy greens, um, even things like beetroot and chocolate. So I've got a bit of an issue with that one. Um, and I know we were talking before we started recording about how can they possibly put chocolate in that list, but
0: it really begs to question what kind of chocolate are they actually referring to? Absolutely. Because whenever someone says cut out chocolate, my first question is what sort of chocolate? I mean, you've got white chocolate, which is just an absolute sugar fat bomb and horrendous. You've got dark chocolate. Um, You can get 90% cacao organic, which has incredible healing properties and some great antioxidants and some incredibly powerful health benefits. Then you get the low cacao high fat high sugar dairy milk chocolate for example and then again you're dealing with problems that are causing inflammation irritation bad fats uh obviously insulin resistance issues with regards to the sugars so i think quantifying exactly what you're talking about is so important when people make a a blanket rule my question is often well which ones yeah, exactly. And all of those confectionery type chocolates, especially white chocolate, that's not
1: chocolate. That's just <laughs> that's just junk food and um, it's disgusting as far as I'm
0: concerned. I'm certainly not a fan of white chocolate. Hey, um, when I was a kid, it was my favorite one. I was asking my my Easter bunny list was always including white chocolate eggs. So now I realize that uh, some of you ladies will already know the polycystic ovarian syndrome that became part of my life when I was in my teens. Uh, you start to see the cycle of the, I guess, the desires that my hormones were already driving me to certain choices very early on because yeah. now I understand better and no wonder I was like showing signs of insulin resistance my favorite chocolate was white chocolate my goodness what a, I just can't even comprehend eating it now so it's it's incredible and like I said your microbiome evolves well your knowledge evolves as well and that allows you and one of my favorite sayings is absolutely when you know better do better yeah Absolutely. And I know we've
1: digressed a little bit here down into chocolate, but just think about what it is in its natural form. And if you can consume it as close to that as possible, then you know it's going to have health benefits. So if it's the the Cadbury dairy milk type chocolate, you know that's not really chocolate anymore. That's just junk food. Um, Sorry to kind of burst that bubble for a lot of people. Um, And some of the other nasties, depending on what you could have sensitivities to, and it could be anything along the spectrum. If you're in, you know, a very pro-inflammatory state, it could be anything that you're reacting to. It could even be eggs, it could be red meats, it could be fatty red meats, could be nuts and seeds and even things like kiwi fruits, um, certain other fruits as well. And it is because a lot of this is the, the chemical pesticide load on that. But again, it could just be the fact that you do have unresolved gut issues, particularly something like leaky gut syndrome that needs to be addressed because pretty much anything you put in your system, you can have a response to.
0: Well, let's talk about some of the surprises because we talked about that uh, worst itchy dozen food list and there was some interesting reactions from our listeners who sent messages on questions and queries. is that right is that true don't know uh i thought it was really interesting because what's two of the things that a lot of parents love to give their kids because they're so they're supposed to be healthy safe foods are grapes and Mm -hmm. avocado and how interesting yeah. is that they hit that list because, for example, grapes are said to to be a concern because of the high rate, high amounts of salicylates and amines and um, even a natural form of uh, MSG, monocidium glutinate, which mm-hmm. I found surprising to be honest. And it's interesting because... They're known to increase the itch in eczema and skin tick conditions. Um, again, my question still remains: Are we talking organic grapes? Are we talking every grape? Uh, yeah. Is there a concern with pesticide loading compared to times when those grapes are actually natural state and may not have the same irritant effect on the body? And of course, the avocado. Oh my gosh, I was horrified to say that because I thought, well, hang on, avocado is you know a really healthy addition. We talk about it for good oils and good fats. It's, mm-hmm. it's. I think that's a real stretch that one there. Um,
1: I, I think if you're really inflamed, I think no matter what you have, it's going to react with you. Um, I think that the healing healthful properties of avocado, and it's certainly very beneficial for good skin health. Um, However, if you have got to the point where your skin is displaying symptoms like eczema and psoriasis, you certainly need to reduce any form of inflammation that you have in your diet. And unfortunately, avocados, although I still think it's a long stretch to get there, I don't necessarily agree with that one, it may just be one of your triggers
0: so elimination is the key isn't it try it for sort of 8 to 12 weeks eliminate a food group and see mm-hmm. if that makes a difference for you if that if the skin calms down i was also i guess big in agreeance with things like the dry fruits and the alcohol because i know they're so high in sulfides and yeah. that is definitely a concern um i always ask people eliminate you know dehydrated dried uh, dehydrated sorry correct that dehydrated if you cut up your own organic fruits put them in a dehydrator and eat them there is no form of sulfide on those it's the ones that come in packets it's your your dried fruits, your figs, your apricots, your dates. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them are preserved with sulfur dioxide and that's going to cause some concerns. And just remember that sulfur has pretty much an antibiotic effect
1: on the gut. So it's very potent to our beneficial bacteria in there and pretty much kills it off just like antibiotics do. Um, So that's just something you need to eradicate. And if you've ever had dehydrated strawberries, oh my goodness, they taste like candy. They're amazing.
0: They are amazing. (laughs) I used to go to the markets down the rocks in Sydney and it was one of the first places. I remember I was still a teenager and it would have been one of the very first times all those years ago that I'd actually ever seen dehydrated fruit and they had these incredible dehydrated banana slices and strawberries and kiwi fruits and they were amazing. It was my first exposure actually to the fact that you could choose snacks that literally had a, a, almost like the satisfaction of lollies that weren't sugar-loaded and weren't <laughs> lolly-coloured and artificial-created uh and that was, that was cool because that was my first introduction, I think, to possibly the world of raw food. And that's when my interest changed and I started to look at the body slightly differently because I was asking questions at these these markets. And if you've ever been to a farmer's market or if you've ever been to an organic produce market, you realise the people there know their stuff. They're so passionate. They can guide you in a lot of different ways because that's their livelihood. They look after their livelihoods because they know what they need to know and they share that with you. So ask your local farmers as well, you know, is this – how do you make this? How How do you get rid of the bugs on it are they pesticides no it's organic amazing why is it organic what makes it organic and then you start to realize as well they're looking after the soil and by looking after the soil it's just the same as looking after our gut flora and our body so yeah it's amazing isn't it those comparisons between soil of the earth and the soil of our body which is our microbiome our gut flora
1: yeah yeah absolutely all right so ladies let's talk about some solutions so where can we start to heal our gut and in turn as well heal our skin and what things can you do specifically to affect the skin as well um if we're just if we're just thinking topically um remember, you've got to cultivate a really good skin microbiome. Um, So look at the practices that you're using to keep your skin clean. Um, So things like soaps, fragrances, cleansers, deodorants, all of those sorts of things will completely alter the biodiversity of your skin. And a lot of them will just kill those good beneficial bacteria and and other microbes on there, um, which is pretty far removed from what would be Natural and what would be exposed to in nature, um, they they've certainly shown that people who are out in nature a lot, who get skin contact with those sorts of things, have a very diverse gut and skin flora, um, which is very protective for them. And if you think about the way that animals, um, you know, bathe themselves, they will have like a dust bath; they'll roll around in dust um, and in the soil because that's one keeping them clean and protected, but it's also putting all those good bugs on there. So, you know, look, I know I'm I'm not going to go and advocate for dust baths, but (laughs) look at the things that you're using to cleanse your skin. And do you even need to do that? And just look at your hygiene practices and think, do I really need to be washing my arm um, with this cleanser? Uh, It's you know just one of those things to really have a good look at.
0: Yeah, and we absolutely promote you to choose uh, natural organic-based cleansers, get away from the chemicals if you've got preservatives and fancy numbers and E-letters and all sorts of things on them. Uh, they're really not to be used. And we talk about this again. We've I've repeated this many times actually, but it's just so important for females because it's not just the microbiome we're talking about today all of these chemical interactions are affecting your hormonal health and harmony. Mm -hmm. So we're constantly trying to help women overcome those challenges. And one of the first stops is your beauty care routine. So it's super, ladies, it's super easy too. I don't, take this as a oh my gosh i've got to throw everything out moment you may have to but what's the difference if you have to go and buy all these expensive skincare products and these barrier creams trying to deal with a condition instead you could remove some of the chemicals in your beauty routine and start healing your body straight away that's uh, for me a really big fast way to make a change get rid of the chemicals in the bathroom and the home yeah definitely and just if, if you need
1: to just start swapping one thing at a time so as it runs out just choose a better option next time and that can be a really easy way to transition into less toxic, less chemical um, and less good bug-killing products. Um, Now, I know we haven't gone into this... uh, but there's been some research that there was a scientific report published in 2013 that found um, a way to diagnose patients with psoriasis in particular just from the microbiota of their skin. So this is why those practices are so important. So that intimates that there's specific identifiable markers on the skin of people with eczema and psoriasis that is different from those who do not suffer from these conditions. So the bugs on the outside of the skin, again, remember, which reflect our internal environment as well, are different from those people who don't have those things. So you need to take care of the good you know beneficial
0: bugs there as well absolutely um, and the talking about the the things that go onto the skin have you ever had uh, a dip in the ocean or enjoyed a uh, you know swim in the ocean and found that you feel like your skin is improving because that's a big one for a lot of people who are suffering i even heard of a family who took their cho- their children who were suffering horrendous eczema and they went to jordan to bathe in the dead sea Oh wow. Yeah, because of the salts and the mineral salts and the uh the mud con- compounds and components in that And incredibly, within four weeks, these children who were incredibly sick with this inflammatory skin problem started to improve. So these salts and uh, the magnesium and the compounds in the earth there and the water made huge benefits. So it could be as simple as let's just say you're not as lucky as we are living by the ocean and you've got beautiful, incredible clean waters here off uh, particularly, I think, my beach is beautiful, Scarborough, in uh, in Wa, but (laughs) we've got uh, we can actually make our own sea sprays you can actually Mm. create compounds using salts and uh, magnesium to create a little spray that you can simulate that soothing that uh, healing regenerative i guess benefits that come from the ocean now it may not have the diversity of the microflora that come along with all those little ocean bugs as well but at least that's uh, shown to have some really good benefits so the salt and the uh, magnesium big ones yeah, beautiful. Um and while we're talking about uh Lovely skin benefits from the ocean and things like that.
1: Just remember that the other things that you put on your skin, like cosmetics um, or your makeup, can affect the biodiversity of your skin as well. So, especially old makeup um, itself or old makeup brushes and things like that, can cultivate its own bacteria and its own colony of bugs over time. Uh, So, just consider getting rid of them or even just reducing your toxic makeup exposure as well. There's so many incredible um, natural alternatives on the market that are just beautiful so it might be worth investigating some of those and investing in those too. Um, awesome. And just,
0: yeah, That's so that's the outside stuff. That's the yeah. what do you do on the skin on the outside. You eliminate the chemicals, you add in some of the good minerals and salts and things that may help to soothe and calm the skin. You've always got the medical path. You can always use the corticosteroids temporarily. However, we really want to talk about healing. So if you're then going to jump from the outside skin, let's talk about the inside and what you could be doing to heal from the inside out. The number one thing here is probiotic and fermented foods. So, mm-hmm. for me, it's an absolute no-brainer to recommend people get onto a good quality, uh, high billion parts of bacteria a probiotic supplements uh, also cycling those so rotating them can be really useful because they have different and varying strains in different quantities which again we're trying to replenish the gut the interesting thing here is though there's some sites to say that all of these little probiotics we add in are just almost like tourists passing through the gut and along the way they have little beneficial side effects and that's why they can be so beneficial at times of high inflammation and high stress and, and illness because really what they're doing is supporting your natural immune response. Um, But they're just there as tourists passing on the ride. But in the meantime, they're spending some money along the way and they're helping out the rest of the body as they pass through. So (laughs) so, so don't um, don't be afraid to try or to cycle different probiotics because they certainly can be beneficial. And there's a couple of different ones that have been found to have benefits. Unfortunately, consistency here is a big deal a lot of the science will show that sometimes it works for some people sometimes it works for others so in the absence of a a really clear indicator say you need this type of bacteria to help i think the best thing to do there is to actually cycle and to to try and find the variety you may try one probiotic and wow it has an instantaneous impact on you and yet the next one you try doesn't so then use what's working let your body show you and and express you what's actually helping you
1: and unfortunately with probiotics, it is one of those things that you really do get what you pay for. Yes. Um, when they're determining um, whether or not a probiotic is is viable, for example, if, it, if it's coming through and it's being inspected by, you know, whatever customs, um, you know, places there are or um, the in Australia the Therapeutic Goods Association and in the US it's the FDA, when they're looking at um, the bugs, all they need to be able to do is determine whether or not there's a DNA, um, you know, Kind of uh, identifiable, there is what I was looking for. It doesn't mean, though, that it's still alive. Okay, so it doesn't mean that it's still beneficial. If they just identify, is there DNA identifiable? Yes, absolutely. They can put that on the market. It doesn't mean that it's a still viable strain. So it is one of those things. I always recommend get a practitioner prescription quality probiotic. Speak to your natural health care practitioners about this because they are the experts in you know the probiotics on the market at the moment. Um, and in saying that, fixing and healing the gut and getting rid of that leaky gut syndrome and addressing that you know once and for all is so so important and you need to get off the gluten and you need to get off the dairy and i know this sounds pretty extreme but those two things are usually the biggest culprits for leaky gut syndrome there's absolutely no health benefits to either of those things it's very arguable especially with dairy um however it's so pro-inflammatory it's such a culprit with any of these skin conditions. Uh, so, you know, definitely do an elimination protocol. Um, you need to do it 100%. You, you can't just sort of do it 90%. It, has, it takes commitment and it takes change. But if you have been someone who has, you know, been suffering from eczema for a really long time and it's that debilitating, you'll be willing to try anything and your changes will certainly reflect your effort as well
0: absolutely and while you're looking at uh, changing your foods around make sure you're introducing and i love the principle called weed seed feed and it's a naturopathic approach and really it's about weeding out things that are inflammatory or toxic or poor to your body and then seeding in the good stuff and then feeding that with more good stuff and really here it's about replenishing those beneficial microbes and Mm -hmm. so you can do that using things like fermented foods you've got kimchi kombucha um, kefir milk drinks there's so many different ways you can replenish the gut using natural whole foods which is we're really excited about because we've got a couple of guests who are experts in this and we will be introducing them soon in upcoming episodes and they're going to really jump into this whole fermentation why the rage about fermenting why is it so important why is it so beneficial for so many different health conditions and i'm certainly going to let them expand on that more because uh, I can't wait to hear what they have to say about that. But certainly adding in the fermented foods and the probiotic beverages, that's uh, a big one. So where are we at right now? We've got get rid of the toxic nasties, eliminate your chemicals, cut down on foods that are causing sensitivity or allergies at the time, and heal and repair the gut using some good quality probiotics, fermented foods and probiotic beverages. And of course, then from there, use only natural skin products to calm down and to soothe any inflamed irritated itchy burny skin and one some really beautiful
1: sources of this is natural aloe vera so the flesh from the aloe vera plant has shown to be very very soothing um, in these conditions and you know good old coconut oil as well Um, can be used topically to help to reduce the cracking and the
0: itchiness of psoriasis and um and dermatitis or eczema as well and for those of you in Australia, I'm going to give you a shout-out to my favourite product that I recommend. And this is not a sales pitch because I have no affiliation with the company whatsoever, but there is a product, a brand out there called Mugu, and that's like literally, as it sounds, Mugu, M-double-O-G-double-O. Um, and they make an incredible eczema for Isis cream, which is uh, – I can only say I've seen miracle changes in some of my clients who started on this when they've really bounced around trying lots of others and I'm sure I don't completely understand why that particular cream works so well but it's certainly worth a try if you've tried a lot of creams and lotions and they haven't been successful for you. This particular product has really high reliability in, in the people that I've seen use it which is, excites me because it means that I have something I can confidently suggest and recommend for people who are really suffering those nighttime scratching episodes. Awesome. Uh, so ladies, we hope you've enjoyed our episode
1: today. Um, we would love to hear what your, um, you know, remedies or solutions that you've tried for any of these skin conditions might be. Um, you know, you can post them on our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash the wellness women, uh, or on Instagram underscore the wellness women. Um, and certainly find our website as well,
0: which is the And it's such a a terrible condition. We totally understand. We know how frustrating it is, but whatever you do, don't give up keep working away, keep changing diet, making those little environmental changes and do the very best you can do because we are so confident that now you know better. You're going to go out there today, this week, this month, and you're going to do better. And you're going to share that with friends and people you know who are having the same sorts of problems. So please get out in the world, do your part, make sure you help others help themselves. And we look forward to joining you next week for another great episode. Have an amazing week. Be well.